Welcome back to the Cami Marsh Show. Today I have a special guest with me, Ryan Scott. Hey. So Ryan reached out to me on social media and I'm so glad that he did because this is somebody that I'm meeting for the very first time. And I think we're going to have a lot of good things to talk about today. We've already had a lot of good things to talk exactly. about. Exactly. So let's start recording. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, Ryan, I want to start out with just you first. Okay. So born and raised where? So I was actually born and raised outside of Santa Claus. Um, Indiana. I was born, um, I went to Christney Elementary. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Spencer County for the first 18 years of my life. Um, went to Heritage Hills, graduated in 1999. Um, yeah, I had a good time. Okay, love it. So where'd you go to school after that? After, okay. So this is a crazy story. Oh, I love kind it Kind of. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't end up graduating college till I was 27. So I like to say um, my 18 to 27, 26 when I met my wife, 25, those were affectionately called my wandering years. Okay. So there was a time I went to Murray State for my freshman year, um, started out as an aquatic biology major. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got a really cool job down there. I got to test water samples and identify phytoplankton and zooplankton out of Kentucky Lake. Um, at that time, I um, didn't go to class very much. So I just <laughs> so I decided instead of wasting any more money, I moved to Louisville and I lived with one of my good friends off of Bardstown Road. So there was a time we lived um, in an upstairs apartment with a um, guy named Smiley and his dog named Rossi in a apartment with no door handle. And yeah, so we had kids that slept on our floor from time to time. Just you know, we had a good time for a while. Mm-hmm. Then. Um, Moved, actually, I traded my 1994 Ford Ranger in for a 77 Volkswagen van. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, did the van thing. I did do the van Mm -hmm. thing, and then I found out that winter that it had no heater, um, which sucked. Mm -hmm. And so, at that time, I enrolled at USI. I did USI for a year and a half, and then um, at 22, I um, found out really quick, well, I found out I was going to be a dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, nothing that I had planned. It was not in my books. Mm -hmm. Um, At that point, I say that I quickly found out that life was not all about me. Um, And so my priorities started to change slowly. And at that time, I was living in Henderson. And quite honestly, I was looking for something because I wanted to be a good dad, Mm -hmm. right? And so I knew I needed to finish my college. And... um, at that time, I was bartending over in Henderson at Rookies, mm-hmm. and one of our um, one of our people that came in all the time, the regulars, great guy, worked at the community college, and he said, "Ryan, I think I can get you some free money." And I was like, "Sign me up, free money." Yeah. Okay, well, I was looking at the programs, um, and I I'll tell you, I fell into education because I knew I got the summers off, and. It's a funny story, but it's true. Like, I came from a family where my mom was a social worker, so she was always home with us in the summer, so I knew that that type of job would help me to be a good dad, right? Sure. And so I enrolled in Henderson Community College, um, Did got my associates there, and then finished through H- Henderson Community College and did the Murray 2 Plus 2 program in elementary education. And, um, yeah, I graduated when I was 27, and... Um, Got my stuff together at 27. Hey, it's never too late, right? It's never too late. I always tell people, um, I always told kids, my entire teaching career, life is the hardest thing you ever have to do. And if anybody tells tells you different, they're on drugs or they're an idiot. 
True. And so, yeah, like those were my wondering years, but I wouldn't take them back because um, I am who I am because of the struggle and because of who I was. And, and I think that's why, I know that's why I can relate to uh, disadvantaged kids, kids that struggle, but also parents that mm-hmm. are struggling. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of segueing um, a little bit. I still have more questions yeah, about yeah. what led you to where yeah, you're at now. Please. But since you just kind of dropped that in, yeah. go ahead and tell the listener what your job title is. Okay. So, yeah. So I have the honor and distinction of being the executive director of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Southwestern Indiana. Um, man, I can't. Even, it's it's awesome to be, to even say that. Like, mm-hmm. I get to change the world seven days a week. Try to connect um, wonderful adults with kids that that want nothing more than to form a strong connection with an adult. Mm-hmm. That's that's an awesome. It has to be so rewarding. It absolutely is. It sounds like an amazing, amazing job. So, how do you get that job? What happens between you get your life together at twenty seven yeah, yeah. and where you're at now? Okay, so yeah, so uh, my first gig, my first teaching gig, I got to teach at East Heights Elementary um, in Henderson. And uh, I did that for my first four years, taught fourth grade. Um, I left. We were a blue ribbon school, which if, if listeners don't know what that means, it's just like a really good school. Mm-hmm. Um, but a principal across town that was the principal of, um, of, a, of a school with 97% free and reduced lunch, he reached out to me. And he's like, Ryan, I've got this position. I would love for you to come over here. Um, and so I left the blue ribbon school, which, I mean, nothing against the blue ribbon school, but those kids... Uh, where I went were the kids that I loved, the kids mm-hmm. that I wanted to work with. And so for the next six years, I got to work at South Heights Elementary, um, which is in the east end of Henderson, with uh, an amazing principal named Rob Carroll. Anybody in Evansville may know him. He's a professor now out at USI. He's Dr. Rob Carroll. He works in elementary ed. But uh, just like a trendsetter, out of the box, innovative mm-hmm. type of dude, which um, is kind of who I am and kind of where I learned a lot of my leadership lessons. But when I left there, I became a principal in Morganfield, Kentucky for a couple years at Morganfield Elementary School. Um, and when I left there, I went to Webster County. Which, okay. I, have, which, I know a lot of people that graduated from there. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was uh, at the high school as their assistant principal for three years. Loved it, loved it, loved it during COVID. Uh, that was a crazy, crazy time. Um, it's funny, like for the rest of our life, we're going to say, COVID, pre-COVID, after COVID. Absolutely. You know? It's like BC, AD, like it's <sighs> like one of those now. Yeah. It's like COVID yeah. era. It, it yeah. absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And so when I was there, I actually moved here to EVSC and I worked at AIS, which is Academy for Innovative Studies, which is um, their alternative school. I ended the year as their dean and got to work with some of the coolest kids um, in the area. And then you know, I was doing that gig and somebody reached out to me and they're like, Ryan, this is coming open. I think you should apply. And um, I've, I've become a, a believer in these things called God winks, mm-hmm. that if we pay attention, somebody is showing us um, that they're paying attention every day. You just got to open your eyes. And so I took that as a sign, like, let's try it. Mm-hmm. And I tried it and I got it. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. So something you said was that those are the kids that you wanted to work with the most. Why do you think that is? I love the kid, and and I really love this at the high school, but the rest, I love it too. But I love the kids that an adult looks at them and says, you're not going to do well. I love those kids because when those kids do well, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. Yes. You know, at the high school level, we had kids as freshmen 
that literally teachers and administrators have told them you're never going to do anything with your life. Mm -hmm. And when they're able to walk across that stage and it's, it's almost like a proverbial middle finger. Like I did it. Mm -hmm. Now what? Show deal. That's right. Yeah. And so, and I actually, I was having a conversation about this an hour ago at the AKZ, which is Audubon Kid Zone over in Henderson, Uh that um, if we could show these kids so these kids that have high A scores that have had a lot of trauma, if we can show them that they are more likely to be highly successful because they went through crap, mm-hmm. that let's be honest, a lot of our Ivy League kids and, you know, parents making whatever, those kids haven't been through. They right? haven't experienced a true struggle yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if we can teach kids to harness those struggles and to, to show themselves and to remember, look, I went through this. If I went through this, I can go through that, mm-hmm. you know? And so I love those kids um, because of their tenacity. And um, those were the easiest kids to build connections because they just wanted to, they wanted somebody that cared about them. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. And, you know, you talked about like free and reduced lunch. You know, obviously we're talking about a lower income right. on the spectrum. And right. so what do you think the connection is there between lower income kids and kids who have experienced lots of trauma? Okay. This is a wonderful. So again, pre COVID post COVID, my answer would have changed. Okay. Um, prior to COVID, I would have said, and my world was uh, education. So sorry to nerd out for a second. The academic achievement gap between your highest income and your lowest income kids has not closed in 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, federal government has spent trillions of dollars trying to do that. And I always used to think pre-COVID that, that was tied to poverty, right? Um, what I now believe it is, is it's tied to trauma and it's mm-hmm. tied to ACEs. Um, I don't think necessarily that the, the, the high poverty schools um, don't do super well because of the poverty. I think they don't do, do super well because of the trauma that their kids are bringing in. Okay. Um, I mean, if you look at statistics... Um, kids living in poverty, um, are two times more likely to have four or more ACEs. And if you have four or more ACEs, you're 32 times more likely to struggle behaviorally and academically. Mm -hmm. So it's not the poverty. It's just, you're more likely to have those struggles. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So does that answer that question? I mean, yeah. And kind of how I look at it and how I've always kind of perceived it is like, you're not really worried about getting your homework done and reading new books and learning new things when you don't have running water at your house. Oh gosh. You know, that's just like the furthest thing from your mind. You're, you're not really able to focus and and be engaged because when you're at school, you're probably getting anxious, worried about going home. School's about to let out. You're nervous. Are you going to have something to eat, you know, that night or whatever, whatever. And so it's always interesting. And someone like you, because you have all the stats and stuff. So I always (laughs) like to, that question is just so, I mean, what, what can we do to help close that gap? What, what is there left? Like you said, the government spent trillions and trillions, you know, what is something that a person of the community, someone that doesn't have trillions and trillions, what's something that they can do? Okay. So we are, so human beings are built for connections. Mm -hmm. Like at our base, we are built to connect with other people. Um, you know, I know there are people that say they're loners, but, but at the end of the day, we need connections. Mm -hmm. Um, you look at attachment theory. If you have a baby that, that has no attachment for the first year of their life, they are developmentally stunted for the rest of their life. Their Mm -hmm. brain will not develop. Um, and so there are kids out there that want nothing more 
than a nurturing, safe, supportive relationship with an adult. Okay, and and I want to be very, 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 very clear. And from the, from the get-go, I want people to understand that Big Brothers Big Sisters does not believe that parents are the problem. I don't. Yeah. I, that's not why we're we're wanting our kids into the pro. Or, that's you know, not the void you're trying to fill. No, no, as no, parents. no. No, mm-hmm. parents are doing the best they can. Right. Okay. Right. And, and especially, let, let's talk about if you got a single mama that's mm-hmm. working fifty hours a week. She goes to work. She comes home. She doesn't have the mental capacity or the emotional capacity to deal with some of the things that kids come with. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so what do I think will help this? I think finding kids that are struggling need a connection with somebody that can walk alongside them. Because mm-hmm. as we said, life is the hardest thing you ever have to do. Somebody that can walk alongside them, can show them a different way, um, maybe can give them advice. Um, maybe then, let, let, and let's talk about the connection gap. We mm-hmm. know um, lower income, people with trauma, they don't have the types of connections that you and I have mm-hmm. to be able to be successful in business and in life, you know, so true. So, so if I can, if I can find a successful, um, it doesn't even have to be a successful. If I can just find a person that that's doing life right, mm-hmm. um, and walk alongside this kid, you're going to give this kid a connection to a life outside of what they presently have. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And again, I want to be very, very clear. Moms and dads are doing the best that they can. The problem is we have... Well, it takes a village. It takes a village, and we forgot that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so how, I mean, people can do that through your organization, correct? If I understand it right. I'm not from Evansville. Um, Is Big Brother Big Sister global? Is it nationwide? Is it globally? What is it? So my understanding is, and I've only been this a month, but but my understanding is there are chapters in Canada. I think there's a chapter in, like, Mexico, Um, but nationwide i uh, just actually just got back from a big conference in anaheim california and mm. big brothers big sisters knows how to throw a conference i'm telling okay, you like love it. so for my uh gen xers out there wyclef sean was there like one night he wow. sang oh yeah what? like he sang come what is that november song waiting for november i don't know whatever <laughs> but um there were nfl people there there were oh my gosh, uh, cool. nba people so like in our bigger markets in the bigger markets um those sports teams really like to partner with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Okay. Um, and, and in those bigger markets, we have a lot of the uh, professional athletes that are actually bigs for our littles. Oh, nice. Um, and so, yeah, Big Brothers Big Sisters is a huge organization. In fact, um, let's see, the U.S. News and Report just did a report of, like, the most trusted nonprofits. And we were there. We were the top 10, one of the oh top gosh, 10 most amazing. trusted nonprofits in the United States. We've been around for like, I think we've been in Evansville for 54 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. I, I grew up in Southern Illinois, just right across yeah, the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we didn't have anything like that. Right. And so I guess I'm just kind of, I don't really know anything about it. I'm kind right. of wondering how do you get involved? Okay. Like okay. if you think that you're a person that's fit to be a mentor, okay. what should you do? Okay. So the first thing is everybody's fit to be a mentor. Okay. Okay. And, and I would say this too. Um, some of us, me, that have had a lot of junk in our life I mean I've made tons and tons and tons of mistakes um and I always told my high school kids like I was very vulnerable with them like I was an idiot when I was your age Mm -hmm. um 
walk alongside me. Hopefully I can show you a little bit different. So if you're listening to this, like, don't think you have to be, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like a, a, somebody who walks around in a suit and tie all day right. and you've got it all together and you've never said a cuss word and you've got $5,000 <laughs> in your bank account. And no, 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 no. These kids need to see what life is really like. Sure. Um, gosh, kids live their life on social media and they think that's what life is supposed to be, what they see, mm-hmm. on, right? So they need normal people. So I just, let's get, get that out of the way. Um, so if you want to be big, what can you do? Well, go to www.mentoringkids.org. That's our website. Uh, you can also find us on webs- on uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're on LinkedIn. I'm getting ready to start an Instagram. Um, nothing else. Reach out to me on Facebook, Ryan Scott. You can find me. Um, we will make it happen. It's relatively easy. There's some, um, you know, one of our big things is child safety. So we do background checks. Um You'll have a little like an interview mm-hmm. with what we call match support specialists. They'll find out about you. What are your interests? What are your hobbies? And then what they try to do is they match you with a kid, preferably in the same geographic location as okay. you, but that also has interests. Mm-hmm. Um, because we really want it to be like a brother or a sister yeah. type of a relationship. Yeah. So if you're interested, reach out to me, reach out to our website. Um, shoot. Call me. Yeah. I'll give you my phone number. So do you have kids right now waiting to be matched with bigs? We do. Um, and, and and that's the sad thing. Um, 75%. So we hit, right now we have 100 kids that are waiting to be matched. Um, in this area? In this area. Oh, wow. Yep. And, and those were statistics from two weeks ago. I think it's a little bit higher now. Oh, wow. But 75% of those are boys. Okay. Um, and that that's really a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can say this because I'm a girl dad. I have four daughters. So okay. I do not know what it's like to raise a boy. Um, and I've always coached girls soccer and girls stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I can tell you is that the statistics on boys um, will make your skin crawl. Um, boys are seven times more likely to be suspended from school. 80, something like 80% of all kids uh, prescribed Ritalin are boys. Um, 92% of people incarcerated are men or boys. Um, there's this gap coming within the next 10 years where there's going to be two for one women with a college degree versus boys with a college degree. Wow. So boys are really, 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 really struggling in this, in this country. And, um, I think it has to do with the number of single families, Mm -hmm. um, 25% 25% of kids under the age of 18 live in a household with no father figure. Mm. Um, 90% of homeless and runaway kids live in a house with no father. 85% of kids with a social or emotional diagnosis live in a house with no fathers. Um, so locally, we have a huge, 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 huge need for men. Mm. Um, because like I said, we all do the best we can with the skills that we have. And the only way we le- lose, we learn those skills is through relationship Mm -hmm. and through connections. Mm -hmm. So do you have like a, what ages of kids is that? You said there's like a hundred and so what ages from what to what? So eight to 18. Okay. All the way up through high school then. Yeah. Okay. And then to be a person like a big, how old do you have to be? 18 plus? So, so, uh, so actually I just found this out today. Okay. Um, So you can be 16 and 17, but it's got to be in a school-based program. Gotcha. So like, um, you know, if anybody out there is in the high schools around anywhere, we have this really cool program where we try to bring 16 and 17 year olds from the high school into an elementary school for like, like 
during lunch or mm-hmm. after school, and, and they just sit with the kid and they talk and they build a relationship. Um, so 16s and 17s can do it within a school. If you're 18 or older, you can do what's called a community-based, which is you basically pick your kid up and you go someplace. Mm-hmm. Um, three hours a month is the commitment we ask for. Uh, one hour, or sorry, one year commitment. Um, I can tell you as a former big, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, as a teacher, our principal kind of is like, you know, you guys need to do this. Like this would be really good for your kids. And so one of my students, one year I actually had as a big, which was tons of fun. Mm-hmm. Number one, because I have all girls, so I don't know what it's like. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's it. So I was going to ask you if you've ever been a big <laughs> before. And now that you said you have, talk a little bit about that experience. Like you said, it was so fun. So meeting the kid, like, do you have like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to even ask this, but is it a struggle at first when you first meet that kid, especially if they have some of these like, you know, trauma responses and stuff and don't trust adults? I mean, what's that like? Yeah. So did you experience that at all? So I didn't. Okay, good. I didn't. Um, and here's why I, I, after being in education for 16 years, um, a camp counselor for 25 years, a coach for 20 years, um, I've never met a bad kid. Mm-hmm. But kids have this uncanny spider sense of, do you care about me? Um, I can't remember the term, but there's this, I think it's called like neurosensory, which neuroscience has proved now that um, our, our body has this ability to sense somebody's, you know, are, am I going to be safe with that person or not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so like kids know if you're faking it. True. Kids know if you're faking it. If, if you're coming and trying to act like you know, you're something that you're not, they, they're going to know it. So be real with the kids. I've always been real with the kids. Um, it, I, to me, I've never had that experience of a kid being just horrible with mm-hmm. me. Now, might they keep you at arm's length? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially for kids that have a hard time trusting, right? But if you keep coming back and you keep coming back and you keep coming back, what you're doing is chipping away at that wall. You know what I mean? Um, I've got a good buddy, um, actually, who I met through COVID, through my own podcast. Um, he, when he was in elementary, was nonverbal, didn't talk. Um, he told me it was because um, he knew when he went home, if he said anything, his dad, after like four o'clock, was drunk and his dad would beat the out mm-hmm. of him. So he knew to just stop talking. So that carried over to the school. Well, for one year, this high school kid came every, I think he said Friday, like an hour after school. And so for a year, this high school kid tried to talk to him. He never, ever talked to him until like the last day of school. And all he said was thank you. But he remembers that from 30 years later that somebody didn't give up on him. Somebody worked on breaking down those walls. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you, I, I have to believe that everybody wants to make an impact in this world. Mm-hmm. Like I have I believe to that. believe, I have to believe that, you know, we're only here a finite time. Um, I have to believe that people want to be remembered for doing something in their life, you mm-hmm. know? And so if you're, you're that type of person that's like, you know, I want to do something. I don't know what to do. Give me three hours a month. I will find you a kid that you will fall in love with. Yeah. Um, you will change, it will change you just as much as it changes the kid. Mm-hmm. 
So you said it's a year long commitment. So right. after the year is up, if you want to continue with that same kid, do you have the option to? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you don't just get like, you know, booted. <laughs> well, nope. your year's up. Sorry. Yep. Time's okay. up. So yeah, you can stay with that yeah. kid. So do you have volunteers that stay with a child from like kindergarten to? Oh, okay. So yeah, I actually, I just talked to a, a young lady that I taught with at South Heights over in uh, Henderson. She, her and I were talking the other night. She's been with hers for 20 years. Oh. Yeah. Like been in the kid's wedding. Oh walked, my gosh. Yeah, like uh took a prom shopping, like like you become part of the family. Well, yeah. And like, I think that's great because like you said, people are lacking that, especially yeah. these days. You know, things are more expensive now than they've ever been before. And people aren't getting paid enough. They're having to work more. They're missing out on time at home or if they are coming from a single parent household. One person isn't enough. Yeah. Even two people isn't enough oh, when no. you're both working full time. Right, it right. takes so many people. Right. And so just giving the community a resource to create that village when they don't have one, yeah. what a great tool. Yeah. So how do people sign up then? How do you be how do you become the little? Okay, so when you go to that website, www.mentoringkids.org, mm-hmm. there's this little button and it says something like I'm interested or whatever. You click on it, you'll fill out some name that that Information goes to one of my um, enrollment specialists, and she will get it. She will call you. She'll get the ball rolling. She'll have you come in. They'll do, like I said, an interview, do mm-hmm. some paperwork, that type of stuff. And then your name goes into a database. It's called Match Force. And okay. then when we are enrolling kids, we'll look at the two and see who matches, who, you know, who would be good with who. And then, mm-hmm. then that's what we do. So, um, is there like eligibility or anyone's eligible? So I'll be honest. I'm not exactly sure. I know, um, I believe like you got to pass a background check, right? But I don't know. I mean for the kids, is there eligibility for the kids or can any kid sign? Any kid. Any kid. Any kid. Okay. So it's not just marketed for like low income or anything like that. This is any kid in the community. Any kid. And, and, And let's, let's be very clear. Our middle income and our higher income kids, they're struggling too. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. They're struggling too. We know uh, mental health health rates with high income kids, sometimes because of that need to succeed, Mm -hmm. is just as powerful as our low income kids' mental health needs because of things going on. I mean, A scores are A scores. And let's be honest, we all have A scores. I probably have a five. Yeah. I was to look at A scores. Um, alcoholism isn't just poverty. Um, no. abuse isn't just poverty. Um, you know, all of these other things are not just poverty. Um, I like to say, you know, we, I mean, let's be honest, we are living in the most connected times in the history of the world, mm-hmm. but we're less connected than ever. True. Ever. So yeah, everybody needs strong connections. So what are the A scores? What are, what is that? Okay. Adverse childhood experiences. So there was this really cool study that was done some time ago, um, by this hospital and they looked at, um, things that had happened to people like sexual abuse, um, drugs in the house, physical abuse, um, yelling and screaming. And what they found out was that the higher the A scores, the more it affected somebody's physical health. Mm. and like you could literally if if like okay for example um an a score of four more i said was 32 times more likely an a score of four more you are 1200 times more likely to attempt suicide um wow yeah there's some really chilling stats 
essentially the harder life is for somebody, not surprisingly, the more mental issues, the more physical issues. That checks out. Yeah, it, it does. But what we also know is the single biggest mitigating factor against that stuff is positive experiences. Mm-hmm. And positive experiences come through connections. Okay. So a couple of times you've referenced, you know, that you're, you've said your life's been full of junk. I swear yeah, yeah, the yeah, word yeah, you yeah. used. So is that mainly self-inflicted or have you <laughs> yes. been through a traumatic childhood experience, which is why you have? No, no, no. no. Okay. So, so I always wondered, um, so I wondered, was I suicidal because I did drugs or did I do drugs because I was suicidal? Okay, gotcha. I, I don't know because my life was not bad. So you had substance abuse issues. I did. Okay. I gotcha. had mental health. I had substance abuse. Um, yeah, for a while. And that's when you're when you're in your wondering years. <laughs> going that on. was him. Okay. Yep. yep. And and look, let's be honest. I still struggle. Anxiety is still a thing. Yes, um, absolutely. Imposter syndrome, man, that kicks me down daily, right? But what what helps? Um, connections, having people in my life, um, focusing on gratitude, um, some of those things. But I, but I wouldn't have learned that if I didn't walk with people that had gone through it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you talk about when you met your wife around yeah. that time is kind yeah. of when you got your stuff together. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about her because okay. now I'm curious. Okay. So yeah, at that time I was bartending. And uh, to be honest. Not a good place for somebody with substance abuse well, issues. Yeah. And I also quit smoking in a bar where there was a lot of smoke. Well, secondhand was keeping you going. Um, well, Nicorette was. Yeah, at yeah, that time. yeah. And that's why I still have, I go through a pack of gum a day. Okay. 10 year, 15 years later. Um, so yeah, I was bartending. Uh, she came in. Her sister's like, you know, you need to reach out to her. Um, so I messaged her on. Why did you need to reach out to her? What are her credentials? Uh, well, I, I don't know. Oh, okay. She was just setting you guys up. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. I didn't know she was like a counselor or something. No, no. So <laughs> okay. I was intrigued because she, at that time she was teaching Sunday school. I was oh. like, oh, it's like, this is like a, an honest, like, this is a good girl. Yeah. And you're like, like ma- are you sure we're going to be a good match? Okay. Whatever. Yeah. The bartender in the Sunday school. Hey, teacher. whatever. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like the early two thousands, I sent her a message on MySpace. Um, of course. yeah, you know, and, uh, got something back and yeah, the rest is history. We got married in 2009. Laura, I hope I'm right. Um, <laughs> 2009, we've been married 15 years now. Um, she, essentially adopted my oldest daughter. Okay. Um, I got custody of her. She was around eight, nine, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and then we have three of her own. And um, yeah, she is a social worker. Okay. Loves. Um, but you said your mom was a social worker? My mom was a social worker. Mm-hmm. My wife's a social worker. Mm-hmm. My oldest daughter is going to school to be a social worker. Okay. So my wife and I always um, laughed or I laughed because I've always been a big Beatles, John Lennon dude. Mm-hmm. And so he's got this saying, um, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Someday I hope you join us and the world will live as one. My yeah. wife and I kind of have that mentality, right? Okay. She does it um, in a hospital setting. She's a social worker. Um, her, like, like I see her one day really working with the homeless population. That's kind of her, okay. what she loves working with. Um, but yeah, she's a saint to put up with, like... My 40th birthday, I made, and this was COVID, I was really bored. Mm-hmm. So I made three goals for my 40s. Start a podcast, which I did. Um, start a 40-mile hike in Southern Illinois. So I, I hiked the- Where did you start in Southern Illinois? I did the River to River Trail. Okay. So from the Ohio River yeah. to the Mississippi and Grand Tower. Okay. I did that over like 
six months or something. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then my third one was to write a book. And so I wrote a 50,000 book on hope theory and how it should be applied in education. Um, it's still technically in the editing phase because life has changed a little bit. Okay. So it's sitting there on the shelf not somewhere. Released. Not yet released. I've okay. Got a, I've got a contract with somebody, but it needs to be edited. And anybody out there knows editing really sucks. There's mm-hmm. a lot that involved. So, yeah, she's always put up with these crazy ideas of mine. (laughs) So you said that you started a podcast. I want to hear more about it. I've listened to a couple episodes, so go ahead for the listeners. Say the name of the podcast. Talk about a little bit what you do on there. So, uh, yeah, it's called the Big Ed Idea Podcast. And so essentially any educator will pretty much anybody out there that works in an office where there's a copier or a water cooler. (laughs) Um, So people stand around and they're like, man, I wish we would do it this way. But. I don't know about you, but I've been in organizations where that's not really like you don't just openly say ideas like they get shut down. True. Right. And so I wanted to provide this place. Let's let's just throw out your big idea. And so I um, yeah, I started it January 7th of 2021 on my 40th birthday. Let's see. That I, was your 40th birthday that day you started it? Heck yeah. Okay, love it. Happy yeah. birthday to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've been able to, in, to interview over 100, episode, 100 guests, um, mostly, well, not really, somewhat in the education field, a lot of mental health people. Um, I was telling you earlier, I got to introduce uh, Morgan Cable. She works for NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab out of California. So cool. She was the coolest. So like her thing is, oh, dude, those have to be the coolest people on the planet and not on the planet. No, but the coolest thing was um, she designed this thing that would go to Saturn's moon. I don't even know the freaking moons of Saturn. (laughs) And it would crawl down inside the moon and measure water. I, I don't know. But I got to I got to interview her. And that's a connection. And right. So if I ever have a science question, I can reach out to Morgan. Right. Well, dang, pass her name to me because okay. I want to have her on here. Okay. To talk. I will. <laughs> she loves to do it because she's trying to connect uh, girls with science. Okay. Because love there's it. an underrepresentation of that. Type Very of stuff, true. Right. Um, got to interview the Kentucky Commissioner of Education, Jason Glass, like in his first week on the job. That was really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to, let's see, I interviewed this really, really cool. Um, 83-year-old man, his name is Bob Barr. His son is Brady Barr, which works for National Geographic and goes around catching lizards and stuff. I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, but what he, his claim to fame, he has studied high-performing, high-poverty schools for 40 years. Oh, wow. Like, he knows his stuff about poverty in school, and he wrote these books on hope, and that's what really got me thinking about hope. Um, I've got to interview... This really cool school in Pennsylvania, it's called the Milton Hershey School. It's funded by Hershey's Chocolate, mm. and it is a residential school um, built like an Ivy League school where they take inner city kids, and the kids live there, and they get, like, they learn Latin. They learn classical music. They learn multiple languages. Um, I've got to, let's see, I, I interviewed a couple people, ladies from Guatemala. Um, wow. Yeah, so I've been able to, like, tap into what we affectionately during COVID called the edgesphere. Um, all these people around the world with these crazy ideas. Um, and I tried to just give them a, a space. 
Yeah, it's so cool. I've listened to a couple of episodes and they're super interesting. Yeah, well, so you. it's not just for, you know, educators no, or no. anyone would find it yeah. amusing. So yeah. check it out. And what's the name of it? Big The Big Ed, Ed Idea Ed. Podcast. And you're on Spotify. I'm on Spotify. I'm on. Let's, Are you on Apple Podcasts? I'm on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. yeah, I'm on all of them. Okay, um, anywhere anchor. you can hear a podcast. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Okay, well, definitely check that out then. Um, I think that was really all the questions that I had for you. Do okay. you have any questions for me or anything else you want to mention? Hmm. I know. I really don't normally do this hmm. for my guests, so I'm like <laughs> opening the floor up to you. Okay, <laughs> I feel like see. I've like asked you so many personal okay. things, so I'll, I'll throw it up. Okay, who was your boyfriend in third grade? Um, You know what? I think I was in my single girl era still. I don't mm-hmm. think I had one. Okay, what part of Southern Illinois did you grow up in? Uh, Carmi. Okay. Did you go through there on your hike? So that was a little bit north of where our hike was. Okay, gotcha. Okay. But I love Southern Illinois. Really? Oh my gosh. Okay, do you know a lot of people from there? No. Okay. No, well, me and my do. dog. Me. me and my dog go out in the <laughs> woods uh, for like three, four days by ourselves. Garden of the Gods. Yeah. 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 I, so it's close to there, Carmi is. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of grew up going there. I was kind of okay. kind of my spot a little okay. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my last question. Okay. Um. What are you going to be when you grow up? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm 27. So that's kind of when, you know, things change for yeah, you. So yeah, maybe, yeah. you know what? Maybe this is going to be my year. Maybe hey. I'll just be an astronaut after I talk to the okay, girl. Okay. Or, you know. I'll hook you up. Yeah. Give me your contact info. Maybe I'll be up in Mars doing the water search. That'd be good. <laughs> That'd be good. No, no big, no big changes for me. No big plans. I'm, I'm cruising. Okay. I like where I'm at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll figure it out. We all do. You hope. No, we all do. We all do. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for coming on. This has been really great, and I hope you enjoyed yourself, too. Oh, man, this has been fun. Okay, love it. Well, we'll see you guys not next week, but the week after. (laughs) 